Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. I'm Matt Perkins. We'll get to the usual stuff here in just a minute, but if you're listening to the show, you probably already know that uh, the Badgers lost uh, two people from the Badger family uh, over the weekend, uh, former running back Brent Moss and former Badger wide receiver Devin Chandler. Um, I'm going to speak here for a minute about Devin at the top of the show because Devin was uh, one of the first football players that I got to know when I started podcasting about Wisconsin. He was one of the three pe- first three first people I reached out to, and I was really fortunate uh, to remain in touch and I was friends with Devin for the past two years. Even after he was at Virginia, we still you know, messaged a fair bit. Devin was an incredible young man. Um, And you all know by now that his life was taken far too early um, in a heinous and senseless act of violence on the University of Virginia campus where not just Devin, um, but his two teammates um, were attacked as well. And it's a very trying time for all of us in the uh, Wisconsin community, as you guys can probably imagine. Um, and it's been, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to talk with some guys on the team and see how they're doing. And, you know, like everyone said, like, it's a very difficult time right now for obviously the players at Virginia, the families, but also the players at Wisconsin where Devin was for, um, you know, uh, two seasons. And he was someone that was, um, he radiated joy. Um, is that sort of the best way that I could, uh, describe Devin. Um, he was very sweet and funny and engaging and energetic. And he was always smiling. Every single picture you see of Devin, every single video you see of him dancing, he is smiling and his energy was infectious. And I know that's something that it's a bit of a cliche term at this point, but I don't really have a better way to describe it. He had an effervescence that just sort of rubbed off on everyone around him. Um, and I think sort of the best way that I can sum up, um, my relationship and my interactions with Devin was that every time I went in to chat with Devin, to talk with Devin, I always came out feeling better about not just myself, but the world around me. And, um, and it's a, it's a tragedy and a shame to lose someone that young who had so much promise and you know he was always just learning and growing and trying new things like any 20 year old college student should um you know all the outpouring of support on social media you've seen from classmates and professors and friends and teammates it's all just completely valid and then some uh he was incredible incredible young person who um you know i like i said i had the pleasure of getting to know And the one thing I'm going to say, last thing from a personal note here, growing up where I grew up and um, I was never touched by gun violence. And that's a privilege because far too many people in America are affected by gun violence every single day. And uh, for me, this has been a very much a shock to the system. Not just that something like this can happen, because unfortunately we see it happening in America on a daily basis. But to hit so close to home, um, for me, is just really sort of awakened 
my, like I said, my privilege to have not had to encounter this before. So, um, if you guys, uh, you know, are, are able to, there's a GoFundMe out there. I've linked to it both on my, uh, my Twitter, the show's Twitter and the show's, uh, Instagram page. You guys can check out and support his family. Um, in this time, you know, he was a, he was a, a amazing kid and who supported a lot of his family. So anything that you can do to help out, I know will, um, will, will help a lot. Burn um, and our guest today, Adam Albrecht, who we'll introduce formally here in just a second. I don't know if you guys want to add anything here, but I just wanted to say um, rest in peace to Devin, someone who touched me very deeply in my life and someone I will absolutely never forget. I mean, just as we've talked about this on the podcast a lot as the Badger family and especially the the closeness that I didn't know Brent Moss. I didn't know. um Devin that well, but uh, just to know that they put the helmet on and played at Wisconsin, and I said Brent Moss's name a thousand times in my life. Um, you know, it 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 sucks, and it's it's hard to hear. And you know, my wife was like, "This is the reason I wanted to go to Wisconsin." Like, I didn't even know that, but she said in '94 when they won, that was the reason. Um, and uh, Brent Moss was obviously a huge part of that. Uh, so you know, just by being in like the brotherhood. It's hard when you see somebody pass away. Obviously, some people too early. I think both people way too early. Um, so it hits home. It's 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 definitely super sad, um, and you just feel for everyone. I mean, gun violence in America is has lost. I don't even know what to do. I don't get paid enough, but literally, there's probably nothing can be done. Well, I think there's a lot of things that can be done. They're just not being done. And we're not going to get into the the, yeah. the deep political stuff about that here today because we're not the three of us. Guess what? We're probably not going to solve all the all the answers here. Um, but Adam might, though. Adam, a Adam is much wiser than the two of us. Put much together, wiser. So. Oh, come on. Come on. That's crazy. So, um, Adam, I don't know if you want to <laughs> add anything here. Um, well, I think I think what you said, what you guys both said is, is it. I mean, it's a. Uh, you feel brotherhood, uh, you know, and sisterhood, uh, you know, a fraternity uh, of of uh, athletes at Wisconsin, and and you know, as, as the student student body in general, and so super sad when when these things happen. You know, you'd hope that we'd all, you know, when we came, came together at 18, 19 years old, you hope that we all run it off to you know, 90, 100 year old people together, and then just plop in the ground, you know, totally spent. And so, but I knew Brent, and you know, and this is this is super sad for me. Uh, you know, I'm glad, you know, in some ways I'm glad that he got as many years as he did because he's, you know, he started dealing with real challenges much earlier than, than the rest of us. And I remember the night, you know, the night that he got in trouble with, uh, you know, in, in Madison and, and, you know, his life's never been the same. So, uh, hope he rests in peace now. Definitely. Thank you, Adam. That was, uh, very well stated. So we'll be back in just a second with our uh, full show with, uh, Adam Albrecht. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? 
Yeah, we're good. It's a Wednesday. I feel like after everything we've talked about, it's hard to be super excited. But again, I think every day we have, you know, doing the podcast and on this earth is it should should be celebrated as we see. So absolutely. Um, and I want to burn. I'm going to take over a little bit today. Take it um, over. Because first of all, A, it's my birthday and I'm going to take Happy over birthday. my birthday. Yes. And Woo. B, B, my number one birthday present this year is having this person on the podcast. Because this person is someone I have looked up to, even though I've never known. Someone I have looked up to for 22 years. Since I was a freshman in high school, this person is an absolute legend. Legend. In my hometown of Hanover, New Hampshire, and Norwich, Vermont, across the river. He is a badger-throwing legend and an all-around amazing person. Adam Albrecht, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Bernie, for having me. This is a thrill to be able to get to talk to you and connect some dots and share some stories today. So, yeah. Well, so before we get into connecting some dots, I want to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag. They remain your number one sports for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it. Football, basketball, baseball, even though it's out of season, hockey, esports, golf, uh, World Cup coming up. You know, they, they've got it over there at betonline.ag. Make sure to head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Use the promo code to get that welcome bonus and over at betonline.ag, betonline, where the game starts. So we are going to start today with Norwich, Vermont's own Adam Albrecht. Uh, quick background. Adam and I went to the same high school. Adam and I, Adam was is the legend. He's the best thrower to ever go to Hanover High School. He has every record in the book. I am number two in every record book at Hanover High School. <laughs> he went to the University of Wisconsin to throw. I went to the University of Wisconsin to throw. I got cut for Chris Presley. He didn't get cut, and that's where our paths diverge. <laughs> Wait, Matt, you know what they say about second place. Ricky Bobby, you know what Ricky Bobby oh. says? Uh, if you, uh, you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, as I joke, because pretty second place is pretty awesome. Uh, wait, Adam, share your best throws in high school. Oh well, let me let me go back. My story is, requires a little asterisk. Okay, so so I started throwing my my freshman year in, in high school, and I was six feet tall, one hundred and fifty pounds. Okay, so when I when I started high school, I didn't gain I gained, didn't gain an inch in, in height in high school. I came in at six feet, one hundred fifty pounds. And I graduated at six feet tall, two hundred fifteen pounds. So <laughs> so I was eaten and uh, and which is helpful. So I I played football and did and did some track and field and uh, football. I loved like you know like the rest of you, uh, and thought that I'd be playing in college, but uh, but I had a little surprise along the way. So. So uh, on the track side, uh, I, I came out and I was unremarkable my freshman year, but I had a I had a big heart and big you know imagined myself as a stud that I wasn't. So I put in a lot of work. And my second year, uh, I think like my first year, I threw um, I threw uh, like twenty. I remember throwing twenty seven feet in the shot with my fir my first uh, my first meet. I was terrible. Uh, and anyway, then my sophomore year, I improved thirty feet in the thirty feet in the discus, and I improved. Uh, uh, 30 feet in the disc and I think seven feet in the shot. So that was like respectable, right? In our, in our area. And, and I, and I was feeling myself, I thought I'm going to be great next year. Right. So the next year I came out and I had again, quite good success. And I added another 31 feet to the discus. 
I was a state champ in, uh, in New Hampshire and I went on to compete in the New England, uh, New England championships. And as a junior, I won, I was the New England champ in the discus. So, uh, for those of us in, uh, in the Midwest, you know, New England is Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine. So, <laughs> You'd be surprised oh. at how many people, when I came to UW, be like, Oh, where are you from? Like I'm from New Hampshire. And you know how everyone puts up the mitten and be like, oh, yeah, 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 where is it? And I just be like, it's here. Yeah, like, right. It's like not even close. Like right. on, on a different place. They're like, totally. half the kids didn't even know it was a state. I was That's so right. embarrassed. That's right. So I, so I was excited. I, I was, I uh, was with, was in two, within two feet of the state record my junior year, and uh, and thought I was going to crush it my senior year, and thought that I, and thought that I was going to become. I, I had my eyes on the on the New England uh, record, which was like one ninety one at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, based on the thirty years of a 30, 30 feet improvement a year, I thought I could get that. Well, after the in the third game football, my senior year, uh, last game of the last game um, after the third game, I had twelve tackles as a, as a nose tackle and had uh, nine of them were for losses. And I was like, I'm on a tear, right? I'm awesome at this. And then in practice, three days later, I had two teammates roll over my knee, uh, pop my ACL, tore my medial collateral ligament, and had to have my ACL and all. You had to have the knee reconstructed, and so. And so that at that point, you know, football was done for me. And I thought, you know, just hoping to have some kind of athletic, uh, athletic future. So I, re, you know, people, I had the coach, you know, I had people telling me that I'd never be able to come back in this sport and I didn't believe it. And, uh, and I had surgery in October, you know, October of my senior year, five months later, I was at, I was at the first track practice kind of hobbling out there. It wasn't very good, but you know, at least I was able to just like able standing to and throwing the shot. Totally. Like, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. It was lame. I mean, but, but, I, but then I realized I was like, I was good enough. I was still good enough to, you know, to do pretty well in the meets. And, uh, and I did pretty well and I did, and I improved and I improved a little bit and then and I get to the, the meet of champions, the overall state meet we had in New Hampshire. And I, and I lost in the discus in my last meet in the state. Uh, I got second for the first time in two years. And I was just devastated, right? Cause I had my goal and I had set my goal on trying to break that state record. And then, and then like I come up short at that meet, but I did qualify for new England's. And so the next week at new England's, uh, you know, I, I, I had that, that super moment, right. Where I dug deep and like, this is your moment. You got to grab it. Right. And it was like, if they, we would have had Eminem, you've been playing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and in the at New England Championships in Hartford, Connecticut, my senior year, very last meet of my high school career, I, I PR'd through my furthest ever by um, by three uh, three feet and broke the state record. Uh, no, my first best ever by five feet broke the state record for by by three, and that record stood for uh, state record th- f- stood for twelve years. It was still so, the state record uh, when I was in high school. So. Uh, so it was a while. It was it was broken by a guy who went to Iowa. Then uh, you know so correct. That, who was who? Who was a, a hammer throwing specialist, actually, and he broke my New England hammer record. No, no, yep. I didn't know you had a hammer record. How far? Well, because we didn't have it at New England Championship, so I went to JOs, yeah. and I was yeah, the yeah. JO, I was the JO champion and record holder as a senior. So, did, did you work with Coach Wallen or something at Dartmouth, or how did you learn how to yep, do it? Yeah. Yep, yeah, my, my dad lifts with Coach Wallen. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, Coach Wallen recruited me, and I and I thought I thought that I was going to go to Dartmouth and play football. That was uh, that was original plan. You know, Buddy Tevens had recruited me, and Coach Pat O'Leary was recruiting me as a linebacker. And then when I tore my ACL, they're like, "See ya." <laughs> so, how did you end up then at Wisconsin, Adam? If you know, it, it, with all that going on? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So, 
so my my coach uh, at the time, that our head coach was a guy named Tom Jennings, and he was connected to everybody. And uh, and he said, "Give me your three t- favorite schools, your three top schools, and I'll reach out to them, and we'll make something, you know, and, and let them know about you." And so I said, "It's uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan." So we reached out. We set up recruiting trips with each of them. They were interested. We didn't tell them about my knee. <laughs> and so, and so uh, I went to Minnesota and told them when I got there, here's what's happened with my ACL. I had surgery eight weeks ago. And uh, and they told me, I don't think you're going to be able to make it. <laughs> and and so I like done. And my parents both went to Minnesota. And, and, and so, but I hated it. I hate everything about that school. Like everyone, we know we all hate Minnesota. I really hate <laughs> Minnesota. And, uh, and so then I went to Wisconsin and I had a crazy experience. When I, on my recruiting trip, the school was closed. The day I showed up, the school closed because of a snowstorm. Like, do you know how much snow you have to have in Madison for, for the school to close? It was like 26 inches of snow in 24 hours. So I had a really fun experience, though. Uh, when my dad and I pulled into the uh, into the parking lot at, at Camp Randall, uh, our car our car got stuck in the, in the in the snow there in the parking lot. And this guy comes out and help you know an athlete because he had his his uh, his letter jacket on and helped push us out. It was freaking Troy Vincent, you know, future first round draft choice, number seven pick <laughs> by the Miami Dolphins, is pushing me out of the snowbank. I mean, that was incredible. And the school was closed, but I got to see all the athletic uh, facilities. And Madison was a party. I mean, if the nobody was going to school, it was just wild and fun and amazing. I was like, I love this place. So. So I remember the coach driving us around camp, you know, around campus in a Subaru because you got to have a Subaru if the close campus is closed. And kids were grabbing onto his on the coach's bumper and you know sliding down the, down the road. And people were training down hills. And I thought this is the most amazing place I've ever been. I saw the McLean Center, and you could throw the discus full length, you know, um, full length indoor all year and, round. And, and th- so, that was rare at that point to be able totally to find rare. a place that had an indoor facility like that. I mean, we couldn't do that at Dartmouth. That's right. That's right. So that was that was that those two things, the fun of that snowstorm and the, uh, you know, and the full length discus throwing all year round had me sold. I canceled the trip to Michigan and I was done. That's incredible. That's incredible. Back, I mean, what what was your what was what did you throw the disc in the shot? Yeah. So I as someone that, who, who I, 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 I did track and field, but I was not as good as both of you. Well, but I well, like hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my junior year, I threw one a one sixty seven. So this is a lot of years ago now, right? My junior year, I threw one sixty seven, uh, and then my senior senior year, I threw one, you know, five feet for one seventy two. One seventy two six was the state record then for for twelve yeah. hours. Uh, and I threw fifty. I, well, the funny thing, I never even think about this. I was also that I was also the state champ in the, in, uh, the shot put my senior year. I threw fifty three nine in that, but that was with a bummy. Like I always wonder what would have happened in high school if I hadn't. Uh, had to mess that up I, but. and i finished at 52 8 in the shot oh you're so close in one and what I, I was as good as this i i have short arms for being 6 3 so i only finished like 158 156 in the disc or something like that i'll you know again i was also state champ i was undefeated as a senior in shot put and, but like yeah. those are good numbers man i did i that i'm i'm impressed i i would have been cheering for you had i, had I know a, well oh, my problem was that I hated lifting. I hated lifting in our gym, in our high, our, our sorry, our weight room in our high school is the most pathetic room, Bernie, you have ever seen for a, besides that very nice high school, the weight room is the most dingiest dungeon next to the football locker room. It's in yeah. a basement. There's no ventilation. And it was the most disgusting place to be. I so, loved it. 
I love it. I just ate that stuff up. I like I like the dirtier, the grimier, the better. I like. I remember coming back. My my next younger sister was a thrower at at, at uh, Hanover too, and then she ended up being a five time All American Division three shot putter. But I remember coming down to that weight room here in the ACDC blast, yes. and that's what we did. Always ACDC. And I hear this, I hear this, uh, the, the, the bars clanking and plates banging and, and I walk in and I'm like, man, I love it when this place is crushed. And this was when I came home from college one summer, I walk into the weight room and there's only one person and there was my younger sister <laughs> and she's got, you know, 135 that she's ripping for cleans. I'm like, my girl right there. That is fantastic. Okay. So like, so for you, once you get to Madison, after, yeah. you know, you've had your snow adventure. I had like when I had my visit, it was on an April day. It just happened to be the first gorgeous day of spring. Yeah. This day I happened to show up like 78, sunny, and everyone, especially all the girls are out at the terrace. This is my first time coming. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah. No, nah, right? I don't even need to think about it. So yeah. um, it was perfect for me. So when you show up to campus, I mean, for us, it's a thousand. I mean, Bernie knows this too. It's a thousand miles away from home. What was the... What was your toughest transition athletically and then mentally? I'm going to give it the opposite. Uh, opposite. Okay, go for it. So the, so I, yeah, I mean, I had a great connection with guys from new England, right? So, so there's a guy named Pete diet who was a linebacker from Connecticut. Uh, Tark Sala remains a good friend of mine. I see him regularly at track meets now, but I always had that connection to us who came from the Northeast because we had that, you know, a thousand miles from home. Quick interjection. Tarek's daughter is a beast of a thrower. She's amazing. Well, and his other daughter, his other daughter's amazing high jumper. So yep. and heptathlete. So those two girls are going to do special things. So yeah, it's exciting to see. So, but I have a fun, fun, fun story here that there was a family in Norwich, Vermont, my tiny little town, uh, the Lynch family, and they they uh, the parents had you know, were there for a little bit in the early seventies, had a had a crop of four kids, and then moved back to Chicago uh, where the family was from, but they kept their house, and so they used to the family would come back for summers and to go skiing and stuff, and I got to know their daughter Katie Katie Lynch who was my age. Uh, pretty well, and and uh, when I uh, when I announced that I was going to Wisconsin, uh, she said, "You know, my brother plays football there." And so I was at their house one day during the summer and her mom, Sheila, I shouldn't call her that Mrs. Lynch said, uh, said, Hey, so here's what I want you to do. When you get to the first, you know, the first football game, we always sit in, you know, in these seats behind the, behind the bench, behind the player, the, the badger bench. I want you to come over at halftime and say hi. Right. So I do. So imagine I'm now on campus for a week. I go over at halftime and there I am. And she's exactly where she said she was going to be. I meet this guy and this, their son, Brandon Lynch, is the captain of the football team. He's a, he's a starting middle linebacker. Right. And so I say hi. And I thought that was going to be it. And they said, hey, what are you doing after the game? And I said, uh, nothing. And they said, why don't you come out and join us for dinner? So I joined them for dinner at, at Lombardino's or whatever the place is called, uh, university, old university, right, whatever that is. And so I have this great dinner. I'm like the night of the first Badger home football game. I'm out to dinner with the captains, uh, the captain of the football team, and his family. And Brennan says to me, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" And I said, uh, "Nothing. I did have a plan, but I was like, nothing." And uh, <laughs> he said, "We're having a party. Why don't you come over?" And so I was like, so I did. So I went to this party over on Orchard Street at the night after the first Badger game and all the athletes were there. I mean, everybody, I met everybody the first week and he wanted to introduce me to everybody. Like, here's Adam from Norwich. Right. And I was like, cute little kid. And I remember standing next to this guy and I said, hey, so did you play today? And he, go, he looks at me like I was an idiot. He goes, I had two touchdowns today. It was a guy named Mike Roan, who was an awesome tight end for the Badgers and stuff. <laughs> 
So I, so immediately I knew everybody. He took Brennan took me under his lynch, uh, under his lynch, under his wing. Took me to the KK. Took me, you know, took me to every house party he could. And so I immediately, as this dork from from uh, from New England, knew every, you know, all the athletes and uh, and my my the rest of my my time time in Madison was was amazing because of that. What was your most difficult like? like mental transition. Yeah. So I'll give two parts. One is when I was a, I think, I forget if it was when I was a junior or senior in high school, sports illustrated did an article on Don Davey and I was, you know, and I loved that. I ate that article up. I read, everybody was talking. It was, I remember the title was gee, it's great to be a badger. And it talked about how he was this amazing student and this amazing defensive player. And one of the things that it taught, you know, talked about him going to class and it talked about how he always sat in the front row. So when I got to college, I was like, going Don Davy style. And I always sat in the front row and it helped so much. And so I always felt like even in a 600 person lecture, it was just me and the professor, right? And maybe a couple of pe- couple people on my left or right. But I, but I made a promise to myself, I was going to go to every class. So I did, so I did that. And, and uh, my challenges were twofold. It was difficult making the adjustment to to college track and field. I mean, if, for the throwers, it's the worst, right? Because for everyone else, the tape measure and the watch are are the are the same. The implements for us throwers gets heavier, and you know. And I'm not a big dude, you know. I was I was you know about six feet, two hundred fifteen pounds when I started school, and when I graduated, I was six feet tall, two hundred eleven pounds. So I actually lost weight, but the uh, but you know the heavier implements were hard to adjust to. Uh, so my first year. Uh, I, I, I redshirted, but I was nothing. I was like n- nothing special. I was like, God, they're going to kick me off anytime. Now my sophomore year, I got hurt. I hurt my back and I basically missed the, missed the entire, uh, entire season. And so I was at a real crossroads and didn't know, you know, if I was going to, if I was going to stick around, if I was going to stay and meaning if I was going to thrive on this team, and then something really interesting happened. The coach who, the coach who recruited me, Left. He went to Wake Forest for a really great opportunity, and they brought in a new coach, Coach uh, 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 Coach Napier, All right, Mark yep. Napier, who I know you know. Napes, yep, and, he was my Napes. coach. And Napes <laughs> fundamentally changed the culture of that team, right? So they had been good before, but there were, but but in when he showed up, there was uh, there was something in what in the chemistry. He brought an intensity. That's he brought it. an in, this intensity to the practice. Like you even noticed when it was just Coach Nuttycomb, or if it was Nuttycomb. Like I love Coach Nuttycomb. Coach Nuttycomb was great to me coach honeycomb was great to me yeah, yeah. but coach yeah. napes had that like this intensity that when you walk to the room like everyone it's the kind of thing everyone stands up a little bit straighter everyone's a little you know five percent more attuned to everything that's going on that's he had that to that's him that in this character so Napes shows up and that and Napes believed in me. I mean, and it, it was a great lesson that sometimes when somebody just believes in you, you believe in yourself, right? And that's what happened with for me with Napes. And you know, we jived. And and so after really feeling like I floundered my first, you know, my freshman year or my redshirt freshman year and my and my true freshman year, but then that that first year with Napes. Uh, our team did well. We got third and third in the Big Tens, which was good, better, much better than we had done. And I came into the Big Ten Championship and the discus ranked 17th, and I got seventh. So I scored points. And then people started saying, "Well, this is this is something, right?" The next year, I improved some more, and I and I, got, I placed fifth at Big Tens. Uh, and then my my senior year, uh, I did did pretty well, and uh, and ended up fourth all time in the discus at, at Wisconsin. And we won big, but the the culture shift was the big thing, right? 
Nate's a nutty, just had a thing, right? And Coach Smith on the with the cross country guys just had and we just had it rolling. We won, we won Big Tens uh in cross country, indoor and outdoor, both my junior and senior year. I got some rings, you know, I got the you know, got the ring that you thought you'd love and wear all the time, and then you put it away. And like I haven't seen that thing for <laughs> you know, 10 years. Uh you but, will wear it again though. I know. Well, you know, I, you I, will I, you circle back to it like in your 50s. I feel oh, like you're gonna right. be like, yeah, exactly. Right. right. <laughs> so it so it ended up being great, right? And it's a, what I would tell you, know, any current athletes, like stick it out, right? Keep putting in the work, keep putting on the work, you know, and there's this compound effect. Uh, listen, watch the film, you know, learn all you can and just keep getting better. And that stuff will pay out. Don't be, don't be the one that quits too soon. And that's, that's what happened for me. I also picked up the 35 pound weight and I had the, when I graduated, I had the, the school records and those two as well. So it, it ended up being, and I was a captain by, you know, captain my senior year. So it was all a, a really fun, uh, wonderful experience for me. Well, let's, let's loop that into what your thoughts are now on the transfer portal, because you're saying stick it out, you know, grind. And I do think that the, you know, like that some, some people just are not a fit for Wisconsin and they yeah, are yeah, probably a fit somewhere better. That's right. I don't think the transfer portal has really, I think it's changed that it's not really the for that reason. What's your thoughts on the transfer portal? Cause you could probably do it in all sports, right? Matt P oh, that is correct. So yeah. like track dudes can just pick up and leave. So yeah. what's your yeah. thoughts on the and grind? I thought about and- it, right. I thought about, I thought about doing something different than I think that I think that it is no different than uh, any other student, right? So there'll be people who go to Wisconsin and say, this school wasn't for me, regardless of the uh, athletics. And I think, that you have to you have to think uh, school first, right? And then if the athletics don't work out, do whatever do whatever works for you. You live once, figure it out. And you know my my point about you know staying with it doesn't necessarily mean stay with that pro you know that school or that coach or whatever. It means keep you know believe in yourself, keep betting on yourself. So I'm I'm up for, I'm up for you know, the and interested in allowing people to to transfer and find their best place. And I don't like the idea of that, you know that we used to punish people for you know in a significant way to transfer. Now let, let's let them play right away to that end uh like when we think about think about um you know how that's affected football i just want to talk about how when i was in school track and football were inextricably linked i mean i I got a list here of the of the football players that i that were on my track team included tony simmons reggie torian cecil martin matt nyquist lee deramus kevin huntley michael london kenny gales bobby meyer ross kalaji jiscar bernard and my roommate uh uh Tom Berger was a punter on the team my, my first year. And so though we we wouldn't have won those championships without that. And but I had but I had another teammate, you know, Rodney Shelton, who was uh who was on our team who who transferred and had a really good, you know, had a really good uh experience to think at I don't know, middle Tennessee State or one of those. But but you, know, you gotta find you gotta find what works for you. Fit is everything. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to talk about because we had Brian Calhoun on, right? And he transferred, yeah. you know, for Colorado. For a, but like it was it was before the portal, right? So back in the days when we had to sit out a year. And I, one of the things that I like about the transfer portal, I think it's complete BS when they had to sit out a year for transfer. And that's just punishing kids for, that's, that's just punishing 18, 18, 19, 20 year old people for, you know, for being 18, 19 and 20, right? And like coming to understand themselves better. So I think, I think that alone is a great thing. The problem obviously is like the tampering. Like, are you going to go like, you know, probably right now, if you were in college, Adam, you know, you like, Florida and Arkansas and like the super track powers are probably trying to poach you. They're probably in your DMS right now, trying to bring you to their program with NIL deals and and money and stuff like that. And to me, that's where it gets even slimier, but it's also just sort of part and parcel with the way everything is going today. 
the NIL. So if we get into NIL, like I can go run deep on this because, but this is really, really interesting challenge, a really interesting challenge because you know, I didn't like the way it was. I mean, I always thought like, it's, it's crazy that you could be, you know, the Hebrew hammer and sell tickets and give and have your Jersey for sale on campus. And you know you how many time of that. Bernie was at his like my freshman year. Bernie was the dude, like the dude. There were so many forty fives. Like it was a sea of forty fives in section right. O. It was awesome. Right, but but how much money did you make off of that? Literally, I got free shots at the college club, and that was <laughs> right. right. And, I, and, and and at the time, like I'll take all these free drinks. It was great at the, you know Wando's and the college club. But realistically, man. It hurts to think back about like right. what the the monetizing of you know this beautiful face and body <laughs> would have uh, would have been is uh, is nuts and and Bernie I think, you I think said what it, I want to do is recreate the picture of George on the couch from Seinfeld the George Costanza on the couch picture in Seinfeld with you I think that is going to sell for like millions of dollars it. yeah we can, I mean at this point my card sells for like nine cents on uh, Amazon or eBay so. <laughs> I, I have missed my window, but I think the NIL is set up for people who don't have, you know, who don't have the long-term NFL to to make to make money while they can. And I don't think the NIL is doing what it's supposed to be doing because it's not giving everybody money. It's giving the dudes who don't need money. Yeah, it's a it's a funny deal, right? And and I will I have ha- I've been on a couple sides of the NIL situation here. Okay, so I uh, if you fast forward, you know, so after college, I you know I got I went into advertising. And if you're, and so I have, uh, I, today I own my own advertising agency. And so we deal with, uh, we deal with a lot of, uh, a lot of athletes and opportunities to work with, uh, to work with, uh, student athletes. And if this, the NIL stuff is not for everyone. I mean, what you, what you don't think about, what you don't think about is this, if you're a college athlete, you already have two freaking jobs, right? You don't need a third. And to do NIL right, it is a job, right? It, it is a responsibility to, to show up at places, to make appearances, to do, you know, uh, to do lives on, on, online. You know. But Adam, not to cut you off for a second, but, but and I, I'm not throwing Graham Mertz under the bus, but he's just the one that comes to mind. When they dropped the NIL, he had a t-shirt um, internet website out. So for him... You know, I don't know his background, but I'm assuming that it's not as uh, he's not from an area that, you know, like he can create this website. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he's not from a place to me, at least. I don't know his situation or his financials. I I don't know that. But what I feel like the Nigel Hayes, who's like, I can't even have my my parents come to watch because they can't afford a bus. Right. Right. From and Toledo. no one's allowed to, like, the, the university can't pay for them to come to the, right? They, they can't help the student out. So, listen, I'm not throwing grammar yeah. under the bus. No, 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 I'm no. just saying that, you know, like, from what the NIL is supposed to possibly do, I think the thought was a good thought. Same with the transfer portal. For yeah. the one or two kids who are like, listen, I hate it here because I don't feel good here, yeah. now, they can leave. But now it's like, I didn't get 20 carries or I didn't, I don't get, no one's throwing me the ball. Listen, it's happening in the NFL too. Right. Half the Jets wide receivers are like, I don't have any touches. I want to leave. They all want trades. So it's not just this level. I, this might be the the landscape of like sports now um, and where we are in this world. We don't have to di- dive into that because that's a big topic. <laughs> um, but like I, what I'm saying is like an affluent person can create problems. anyway. You would anyway, have, right? Right. You can have a team, right? Like somebody could hire you if they could hire you yeah, that's or, an ad, or an advertising person. So I think like 
we're missing the boat on a lot of things here. But well, you know, and, it. Keep going. and, and it, there's also a, another challenge. Like for for if you are so uh, one of the big things that we tie into when you get into an NIL deal is the is the athlete's social media. Okay, so you're following your audience, and if you aren't, uh, and if you aren't the type to post much. You got problems, right? Because now what? You don't post much because it's not you. And now suddenly they're like every post is a you know is endorsing something that doesn't feel right, and you're gonna feel mm-hmm. embarrassed about that. Like you gotta think about you know, think about these things the the uh, the expectations because I've I've dealt with this. I've I've worked on nil deals that went bad, right? Where we pulled the plug and said you're not living up to your obligations, and and do you want to be a college kid who's now telling you know who now has an ad agency and advertisers saying you you know you're screwing up like I, you don't need that kind of pressure you know there's a work, work that summer job right like that that'd be much uh much easier so there's a lot more pressure than people think and one of the, one of the nuances that i wish people that wish people the student athletes had a good sense of is that the opportunities that they're typically going to get are going to be from less astute marketers or less astute you know businesses mm. whereas let's say nike comes to you they're going to know exactly how to treat you right they're going to know how to engage they're going to know what to do and what to expect and whatnot and it's going to be a small portion of what they do whereas when the local sporting goods store comes to you and that's all you know and, and they don't have a, a big budget they're going to expect you to you, they're going to expect more of you than you could ever deliver and then that adds more pressure and it's a recipe for disappointment and i don't want to give more pressure to the to these kids because that's going to be the case for 90 percent of the nil deals that they're going to get i have to assume they have floodgates at you know within the office to be like guys this is too much for this kid maybe uh, yeah I, I, it all comes down you know it comes down to individual you know individual agreements so it's mm-hmm. hard, hard to say but that but my, my point is that like i do you know i do a lot of work with you know you know, significant athletes, right? I've done a lot of work with Dylan Hart Jr. and Danica Patrick and Kevin Harvick. You know, if you see if you see any of the Jonathan Taylor stuff uh, with UW Credit Union, that all comes from uh, all comes from our agency. He was we actually recorded the radio here. In my face. oh, I got the my Dale call. call. Got the duck call. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing when Dale comes flying through the uh, towards the duck line with that thing. <laughs> So, so I've worked with people who know that this is their business, right? And for most, you know, 18 to 23 year olds, this is not, you know, this is more than they, than they signed up for. Well, because you have to go to school. Yeah, because you have to go to school and, and uh, you've got two full-time jobs. And school is hard enough, let alone yeah. going to practice and waking up in the morning and working. Yeah. Like it's a, like, it Bert, is a full-time you imagine job. Like if, if you were like, if, if you in 2004, if Wando had hired you to do a commercial for one, not that Wando's needs a commercial, but you know, if Wando would hire you to do a commercial for Wando's, I would have had you out at like you know, they had to get you at five or like three in the morning or something because you lift you're lifting at five or whatever to do a commercial shoot, you know, t- going into your sleep schedule. Going, you know, those things take time, they take a lot of time, and it's more than people realize. And I want to talk about the matching companies with athletes for a second, which is something you mentioned yeah, yeah. because that is something that I noticed. Braylon Allen did really well early. He was part, he his like first NIL deal was with like a strength and lifting company or like they did like barbells or something like that. Iron well, what is he known no. for? He's known for lifting and his strength. And he's like one of the strongest kids to ever come into the program. That's yep. a perfect marriage, right? That's yep. a great marriage. And he under like that is, those are the kinds of NIL deals. I think that that's like NFL, NFL NIL going right in that's my right. opinion. 
That's right. That, that's exactly right. And and that's what you want ultimately is to figure out things that you could see. You know, the best the best situation is you seek the opportunities out yourself rather, you know, rather than have just take whatever comes to you. I mean, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like going to uh going to the KK on Saturday night. You'd rather be the one approaching the ladies than uh, just take whoever comes up to you. I mean, <laughs> if you had to go, if you had to settle for whoever walked up to you, you might not have the best uh the best experience. Or you might. Yeah, you, or you might. might. You, you, you might. Hey, hey, let me. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I, I, I was just thinking of something when we talk about all this. Uh, Please, all this I, uh, I, so I wrote a little book during COVID uh, that I that I published uh, that I published uh, a year ago called "What Does Your Fortune Cookie Say?" Yeah, uh, and uh, and there's and I write a number of things. Another, it's eighty life lessons the universe is trying to share with you. And I wrote the and I wrote this to you know to to share some of the best uh, best stories and and experiences and lessons I've learned. And there's one that I share in here about my experience like the the first meetings we had on the track team just to show the the demands of uh, of college athletes. And Coach Nutty, Coach Ed Nuttycomb, who's the winning has won more Big Ten championships in any sport than any coach in Big Ten history, right? And he, he welcomed us to the program with this with this speech that he said, gentlemen, as a member of this team, always remember that academics come first. You are a student at the University of Wisconsin first. Track and field comes second. Let me be absolutely clear about that. But if you want to be on this team, track better be so close behind your schoolwork that you can barely tell the difference. <laughs> academics are priority one. Track and field is priority one A. <laughs> Right. And I just remember thinking that is so badass. And it makes me feel like that's how we're going to accomplish great things. And so when you have that kind of that kind of pressure and that kind of um, drive to be great at two things, it's really tough to throw a third in. Dude, I love that. I, I, I love it because that is every mentality of every coach, I think, in college. Right. Although, I mean, I can't guarantee, you know, every every coach says the right things. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guys, um, they tell your parents, oh, we're going to support your son. He's going to have the best academic experience right. ever. And then you're like, wait, what? I got to get up at six in the morning to get out. I'll be done with lift at nine to be in a class that I should have been at 850. Yeah. So I'm already late. I'm exhausted. And I have to go to from at two ten when classes have to end for me. I have to be in a meeting at two thirty with my ankles taped and my oh, sh- yeah. stuff on. Oh, yeah, almost terrible. got me. And my stuff. I'm like, listen, coach, you're right. Academics is very important. I just don't think it's that important right <laughs> this second <laughs> yeah. to you or to anyone. Is the game against Michigan or are any away? You know, like these right. games are kind of more important. So I, I listen. I hear you. Do I think that's changed? No, but I also think that. You, you listen, you picked a school based off of where you wanted to go compete. That's right. And um, and and I, I, I'll say this out loud, like we're not normal students. You know, we picked that school. I picked Wisconsin to go compete in the Big Ten. Right. I went to Syracuse. Right. That's not a great school. They didn't have Donovan McNabb anymore. They beat Wisconsin like 30 years before I even thought of Wisconsin. Right. right? right. So so you're not a normal student in the in. In the fact that, like, you literally go there to say, I'm going to strap a helmet on and beat up all these other teams. I always try to. Well, and I think well, academics I mean, is a subpar. I think academics is 1A. If I had to rate my own experience, um, well, Wando's is 1A. I and was going to say, I think, it would, I think it would football, Wando's, KK, then academics. Oh, uh, don't well, forget, yeah. like, the state, Monday. I mean, um, like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I took class at a lot of different places. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just all around State Street. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I can t- I can tell you that uh, that that my uh, my sophomore year, first semester of sophomore year, was my low my low point academically. It was my high point where for fun and with the ladies, and it was so much. It was so enjoyable that I was like, I it's like that's that's when I created my own personal saying that says, "If you love it too much, it goes away." Right? <laughs> so, so, well, Adam, uh, listen. In, in two thousand four, we started the season nine and zero. That's my lowest grade for two point two. And oh, yeah. not one person asked me if they cared about it. Right. Not one person. There wasn't a GA. There wasn't, right. there was no one who's like, oh, Matt, you're not doing so hot right now. And I'm like, what? We're nine and oh. Like, yeah. nobody cares. You could have also been like, yeah, I just single handedly ran over Penn State. Like, chill out. At that <laughs> point, I might have had a 2.5. So I yeah, think yeah, I was yeah. doing okay. And then it went down. I wasn't going to fail a class. Like, there's no chance of that. But I mean, a 2 2 is not, that's like a bunch of C's and like, God forbid, probably an A in like music. That's, that what we, a, that's what we call wrestler grades. But that was a that was a pivotal moment for me. Though. Like like I think though that that just like getting beat on you know beat uh, in athletic competition, you know sometimes having those academic uh, a- academic moments where you're like God, this just doesn't feel like me, right? Because I think part of what I loved about going to Madison was that it was the kids were smart. And they worked and they worked really hard uh, and then they partied really hard. Right. Like that. Like, no, we had such we have such a great brand. Right. The Wisconsin University of Wisconsin brand is so great. And if you're an athlete like you're a special you're a special breed. And I remember having that moment at the end of my uh, first semester, sophomore year. When I was like, never again. Right. Like I'm too pr- I'm too proud of myself to let this happen. I came here to be I came here to see how big a fish I could become in this big pond and and, and how much I could uh, how much I could take uh, academically. And now I'm. I, this is no joke. I had like my Hulkster moment. I was like, I'm coming back. And I never had. After that, I had because of te- my my five years, uh, my five year plan. I never. I had seven more semesters and never had below a three five GPA ever. Good for you. So, Good for you. But I mean that that. But sometimes, like I think that that's what you need in life. Sometimes, right? Is to is to be disappointed enough to make a change to do, to do great things. And and uh, and that's really the gift. It was a gift of my knee injury and in, in, uh in high school. It was a gift of my you know my worst in college to hit rock bottom and bounce and say that's not me. And now I'm going to show show the world what I'm made of. So. All right. Well, we've only got we've only got five more minutes left here for Burn because he's got a meeting to hop onto. But I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing today because the way the way we got in touch was from. AJ Taylor, actually, who we yeah. had on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I yeah. saw you were promoting his new game. And hey, I was like, yeah. I was like, that Thanks, can't Rob. be the same Adam Albrecht. Yeah. Nope. It's the same Adam Albrecht. So Just, we have to make this happen. So, A, how did you and AJ get in touch? Because he was yeah. one of our favorite guests we've had on yeah. the podcast. I mean, we love everyone who comes on, let's face it's it. But guy. AJ has just like an energy that oh, is yeah. like you can't not want to be around yeah. all the time. Talk about what you've done with AJ, what you're doing with your business, and yeah, go yeah. from there. Yeah, let me connect a couple dots here. So, so after college, I went into advertising. I, uh, the quick story is, I started as a copywriter and had pretty good success. And and uh, and and before long, uh, I was the chief creative officer for the largest uh, ad agency in the uh, in the southeast. You know, I had to, with offices in um, had offices in uh, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Uh, New York and LA at one point, and then and was crushing. I worked on worked on Nationwide Insurance, Bob Evans, uh, Wells Fargo, uh, six brands of Coca Cola, Universal Studios, UPS, Wells Fargo. I think I said Cisco, Nike, right? So we were crushing, and we sold the the agency was sold to a to a big ad agency holding company, 
And then a couple a couple of years later, I had uh, I had two former clients come to me and say, "I'd love to work with you again, but I don't want to work with your current agency. Would you think about starting your own business?" And I said, "Yes, I would." <laughs> and so in in, uh, in 2016, I started my own agency called The Weaponry. And we, uh, I was in Atlanta at the time. We had uh, my mother-in-law had a health issue, and she's in Wausau, Wisconsin. And so we thought, let's be closer. And so we moved to Milwaukee. Actually, just sold our house in Atlanta last fall, which was a good time to sell a house in Atlanta. Uh, but so, so I, so I run an agency, and and that agency, and so. Uh, you know, I do a ton of work with uh, with Jonathan Taylor uh, because of that. We UW Credit Union is uh, is one of our clients, but uh, we work with a lot of a lot of really great uh, brands. But the reason the the way that I got in touch with uh, with AJ was through, and this is my promotion for uh, Badger Connect, right? So Badger uh, Badger Connect is an app that uh, it's a it's a networking app for all current Badger athletes and all uh, double uh, letter winning uh, alums. So. So I got on there. He he and I found each other through that. He saw that I was an entrepreneur and wanted to reach out and talk about uh, about things. So we set up a Zoom, uh, you know, a few days later, and he told me about this idea he had. And I said, and you know, he's told me a few times. He goes in that meeting. You said, man, he said you got to bet on yourself, right? You got to bet on yourself. And uh, and uh, and so he said I did. And now you know now I got this game. You know, and he, so he was at our at our office in Milwaukee, uh, whatever it was, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, with this game and we're, you know, we're, uh, we're help giving them, giving them, uh, support and, and encouraging them to make great things happen. But, but that's, uh, that's how that came about. But I've been, one of the great things about being back in Milwaukee is the ability to be involved with current student athletes, with the alumni, with, uh, you know, with the athletic program. I was over at, in Madison on Sunday and meeting with the, you know, track, you know, uh, the coaches of the track program. And so that's been, been wonderful. And I try and give back. I've spoken to, you know, I've spoken to athlete leadership groups and stuff. And so I, I really, that enough people help me along the way that I, I'm I'm happy to happy to share whatever I know. That's that's really beautiful, and I think that you know I think that sort of goes to the the centrality of something we've talked with a lot of people about is sort of about just the brother and sisterhood that Badgers have and want to give back and help other Badgers. And so I mean, like I think I saw the other day Badgers helping Badgers was like trending on Twitter or something like that, and I, I was that. like, that's awesome. I love that. So a quick, quick story there. I have a, one of one of my uh, one of my college teammates, Brian Jones, connected me to one of his good friends who had a son who was a high school a high school thrower at uh, Whitefish Bay. So I'm in Mequon there in Whitefish Bay. So we're rival schools. I coached the girls throwers at at Mequon at Homestead High School, Mequon. But I reached out, you know, and said, "Hey, if you need some help," because they said that this guy, you know, that this my my friend's son didn't have a didn't have a throwing coach, but he had some talent. Well, so I said, "Hey, I'm happy to help. Happy to work with you." And it turns out he was 150, 154 foot foot discus thrower, uh, and had never had a coach. So I, uh, so I started working with him. And this past year, he had the he threw 181 feet. He had the farthest, uh, second farthest discus throw in the state, next to one of my college teammates' son. Uh, but he, his name is um, uh, Joe Brunner, and he's now you know he's a lineman for the Badgers, right? So so Joe is the man. And so this goes full circle, right? Athlete, you know, athlete, the athlete brotherhood or you know fraternity, including I'm, I'm, sisters are great too, right? Like we're all all the same. I've got no mean no gender uh, bias. But uh, by helping each other do great things, so it's wonderful. I saw I saw Joe on Sunday at Camp Randall, and and uh, fun fun to keep uh, keep helping each other do great things together. That's amazing. Well, you guys can find out all about Adam and uh, his agency at theweaponry.com. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes here. I know Burn has a meeting he has to hop on to, so uh, we are going to say Adam, this has been incredible. 
uh, we are definitely going to have you on again just to talk about more stuff because I got like two questions in and I've got like 30 more. So um, thank you so much for hopping on with us. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.